Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review and today I'm very pleased to have Sandy Vouch from TMG. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for having me, Martin. Um, We've met a few years ago now, and you very kindly supported us in um, in Australia for our conferences over the years. So thank you very much for that. I'd lo- love to learn a, a bit about you and about what's going on in the market at the moment. Could we could we start with you? How, how did you actually? Um, I'd love to know about your role at TMG, but could we dig into your background? How did you find yourself in this market? Nobody starts out at college saying, "Right, I want to join the." asset management so how did you find yourself in this space it's funny that you ask that martin because i have this very conversation everywhere when somebody asks me what i do i will talk about it and they'll say oh so what did you study to get there and it's like well nobody actually studies it asset management we fall into it and for me i'm um i i came from an information management background and i worked with gartner for a number of years and I wanted to move away from being the person who uh, orchestrated, you know, uh, connections with analysts and so forth to providing content for myself. And so one of my colleagues brought me into um, a solution provider and I started learning all the wonderful things about licensing. So for a number of years, I was a licensing specialist and um, entered in, into that world. And I spent a lot of time working with my clients a lot of them uh, were CIOs or senior technical um, senior technical people looking after smaller IT shops up to 5,000 devices and I'd spend a lot of time with them explaining and, uh, and showing them how licensing worked and also giving them a level of comfort that they didn't need to know the ins and out of every element of licensing because there was this sense of concern about oh, everything changes so much. How do I keep up with all these changes? And one of the things I would commonly say to them is, don't worry about it. As long as you trust me, my job is to keep across all the licensing changes and to pass that information and advice on to you. So if you have any questions, pass them on, we'll talk it through and we can come up with a solution together. And through that, um, what I noticed is that we gained the confidence of the client. They felt more comfortable about where they are, Um, and that they were managing their environment. However, they often didn't have the tools to help them to navigate through that. So we would regularly be looking at um, extracts from Active Directory and SSEM and other tools to try and piece together a solution. Whilst on maternity leave, I got a call from um, Fulvio and Sarah, who's the managing director of TMG, and he asked me to come in and talk to them. So I've been with TMG now, the mastermind group, for six years. And at the Mastermind Group, we work with clients around IT asset management. And so my role is connecting clients um, that have issues and connecting them with a solution. And that can be anything from uh, we're getting audited and we need some advice to we want to proactively manage our environment. 
more and more these days, if we do have clients that come to us with an audit solution, we don't know them, we will counsel them about how we can help them be proactive about things and that we may not always be the right organisation to come in for a spot check when we're completely unfamiliar. We tend to work with clients on an ongoing basis and that might not mean that we're doing an IT asset management service but it might mean that what it does mean is that we become familiar with the people in the environment, what the environment looks like and what's required to get to a licensing position or to achieve the outcomes that the team is desiring. So now I do far less license um, work and far more solution work. So my role is to basically understand the issues that my clients are facing and then come back with a way that we can help them, help them to resolve that. I'd love to dig into exactly what issues your clients are facing currently, especially in the current climate. Um, but before we do that, could I ask you, how, how do you describe what you do to somebody outside of the space? If you're meeting them at a dinner party or a networking event, how do you, how do you describe what you do or, or ITAM to them? Yeah, uh, it depends how technically um, knowledgeable they are. But for the casual observer, I work in IT. Um, for somebody who is a, a little more interested, then I will give it to them in a manner that they can understand. So um, you work, you, you, you have computers in, at, at home, um, you've got software like Microsoft software, Microsoft Word and so forth. Imagine that over thousands of, of devices. My role is to work with clients and help them understand what they've got out there in their environment and ensure that they are doing the right thing so that they can account for everything that they've got in their environment and that they're paying for everything in their environment. And sometimes people will dig deeper and sometimes they'll, they'll look at me with a blank blank face and say, oh, okay, and quietly step away. <laughs> and um, if you met somebody that was, you know, 15 years old or something, 20 years old, looking to start their career, how would you sell this to, to them how, how would you because you, you you're quite an enthusiast for the topic you come across as somebody that loves their job and loves helping the customers how would you sell that to somebody that's looking to get get into the item space this is a topic that's really near and dear to my heart because one of the things that we suffer with in australia is a skills shortage in this space so typically as we discussed earlier, the people who fall into this um, will have fallen into it and they've come into it from multiple different ways. It will typically be somebody with some IT experience or it'll be somebody with procurement experience. So a couple of years back, um, we partnered with a local university and we identified some graduates who had um, what we thought it would take to bring into the ITAM world. And so those two individuals that we brought in um, came from an IT background. Um, but the skills that we're looking for is somebody who is interested in the detail, but can also elevate it. So it, it's, it's quite a hard skill set to find because you want somebody who will look into the detail, but also can step away and not get caught up in that detail and can understand what the impact of that is. So with the two individuals that we worked with, it was a lot of practical experience from our side. Um, and 
teaching teaching the licensing side of things as much as there's a lot of information to understand is quite easy but those fundamental skills of inquiry um are really important inquiry and communication are probably the two key aspects to somebody that would um be suitable for this role so how do you get people excited about it it's that that's a difficult question (laughs) (laughs) i think um ITS management is almost a, a program in itself, isn't it? You get exposed to lots of different elements of the business and lots of different techniques and lots of different disciplines. So it's quite a good apprenticeship, even if you just use it as a stepping stone on something else. You do get exposed Absolutely. to lots of different topics and lots of different scenarios, don't you? Absolutely. And the thing that um, that I encourage my clients to do is to really think about what they have access to and how it can be used outside of their core function. So if you think about it, we have access to, if we're using an IT asset management system, for instance, we have access to every device in the organisation. We have access to who is responsible for that device, whether uh, what applications they have, whether those applications are end of life, um, if there might be any security vulnerabilities, um, if an, uh, if a person's leaving the organisation, how many devices they have a- they they have access to, and things like that. So, when I'm talking to clients, I do encourage them to liaise with as many other business units as they can, and to see how they can use the information that they've got access to, to provide insight elsewhere in the business. And an example that I use um, quite often is IT service management. So we have devices that are out there in the environment and we've got a service management tool. It is, um, it's the, tool, the, the source of truth for a number of areas, but it doesn't necessarily have access to the information about the applications. Imagine you can pump that application information into those devices. So when somebody calls up with a service call, the operator knows everything that's on that device and what might be causing some of those issues. We can also help them to ensure that that service management tool is maintained and kept fresh. So if we see devices that um, haven't been reporting inventory into the the ITAM tool set for a period of time, but they may still be appearing as active in the service management tool, we can raise some alerts and say, well, actually, this device has not been around for 90 days. Are you... um, Are the processes being followed? Does this need to be updated? Or is this device missing? And... During COVID, this has been a really interesting time because what we've found is that there are a number of issues that we've that that we've faced. We've we've identified devices that have or were uh, decommissioned or shouldn't have been in the environment anymore. Suddenly, they've been popping up, um, and this isn't you know one or two devices. We're, we're talking about quite a number of devices that had been taken out of the the systems but have somehow popped back up onto the internet and we're able to pick them up and provide that back to the security teams or the operations team and again providing that um, insight and advice to other teams if we get more people interested in item then they are going to be invested in the data that we hold that's going to make our lives easier so when i start working with a new client not only will we engage with the IT asset management team, but we'll also look to have somebody from the infrastructure or the operations team involved in that. And I had a client a number of years ago who 
when we first started working with them around item, they had so many questions. That data cannot possibly be right. And we went back and we said, well, show us where it's wrong. And when they looked into the data, they realized that it was right and they didn't have an accurate idea of what was what was happening in their environment, how many devices they actually had in their environment. And that team came really came on board. And over the years, they switched their their um, internal reporting to use the ITAM man- um, asset management tool to help to um, reduce the amount of time that they spent on that reporting. What that meant is that they were invested in getting that um, that information correct. And from from an IT asset management team perspective, that just made things a lot easier for them because everyone was looking at at working together. And just just for clarification, but for those that don't know, um, could you tell us the difference between AirTrack and TMG? And because and, I, I see you as synonymous with both, but what what could you explain those two things? Yeah, sure. So um, TMG has been around since two thousand eight. AirTrack is a much newer company, and uh, I'd say around two thousand and thirteen. Um, and so AirTrack is uh, AirTrack in itself, the AirTrack software is an application that looks at data quality management. And we use, in TMG, we use that heavily. TMG is a sister company to AirTrack. So TMG really is around IT asset management. So the AirTrack toolset grew out of a understanding that in IT asset management, we know about the devices that you tell us about, but there may be other devices that aren't connected to our IT asset management tool that we have no knowledge about. If you can, if you've only got 80% of your environment in the IT asset management tool, any compliance position is only going to be up to 80% correct. So this tool set, this AirTrack tool set came to being and TMG uses it quite heavily with our clients to ensure that we understand the quality of our data. So if I'm reporting to a client that they have a $6.1 million um, risk in their their, um, software position, I can then go ahead and say, and and we are, you know, relatively certain of this position because we've got 95% coverage of your environment. Um, Conversely, if I say that they've got that same risk, but we are only seeing 77% of their environment, then I know that there's a much bigger problem there. And we cannot be confident in that position at all until we close that gap significantly. Cool. And, and jumping back to your uh, graduates, um, they're not going to be able to come up with that sort of risk immediately, but the the line of work that they're, they're pursuing allows them to make, you know, they could almost elevate themselves to trusted advisor status um, over a few years. They, if they can pick up this intelligence about what's going on in the environment and signpost this to the senior management team and their, their broader ITAN teams, they can really make a name for themselves, can't they? They really can. And because they are touching so many different areas or, or potentially could be could be working in so many different teams, they can really get exposure into other parts of the organisation and where they want their career to go. And it may be that they want to stay in IT asset management and grow that role. And we've certainly seen people um, in, in the, that have started off in IT asset management who have raised the level of their, um, their profile within the organisation such that they are you know, helping with with large uh, change programs and they're um, advising in risk uh, committees and things like that. So they're, you're, they've got the ability to expose themselves to multiple disciplines. 
So what, what's the so you've got these two two graduates on board? Is that like a formal program that you'll develop, or is that an experiment? Where, where are you where are you going to take that? Yeah, so it's a program. So we undertook it as a initiative a couple of years ago, and it's something. <laughs> that we're going to circle back to because we do enjoy bringing new people into the industry. So these two individuals are still in the industry. One's remained with us and one's um, went with the university. So they they had a dual role working with us and the university. Um, and we both um, retained one of one of one each. Um, so it is something that we are interested in doing. And we've, we've talked to a couple of universities across Australia and it's just something that we've we've got to put some more focus on. Um, we, we would love to help with that process. If we can help in any way, we'd be keen to support that. I, I know that we've spoken about it a number of times at the Australian conference and it'd be great to put some momentum behind that. What would you recommend to other companies looking to do the same in terms of taking these graduates on and, and maybe keeping them interested, I guess? How, how, what would you recommend to those companies? So I think the... One of the biggest challenges in IT asset management is you're often working with a very small team. And so a graduate working with the likes of TMG, the benefit is that they've got a team of license of experienced licensed software specialists um, and they've got some guidance as to how they go, if they run into problems. And so they can come to us all the time. If instead you are a, um, an individual working on a client site, it can be a lonely existence because often you are working in a very small team or it may even be a team of one. And then where do you go to when you need assistance? And so to keep people in this role, it's really important to offer them the support that they need. And that may be through engaging an external group that they can go to and that I'm not necessarily saying TMG, but it might be a TMG who works with that individual to provide that support at whatever level um, or ensuring that they are plugged into, you know, tool sets like the ITAM review or uh, networks like the ITAM review, um, attending conferences, but really ensuring that they don't have that isolation. Because if you can imagine as a, particularly as a new graduate, it can be overwhelming um, and, Unless you're with one of the banks, the teams tend to be small. Right. You need that, especially when you're young, you need that, that network, don't you, social network? Absolutely. So you've spoken about um, devices that are turning up at company sites that, you know, you thought didn't even exist anymore or have been archived or something. And, that, and, you know, people are scraping together devices to be able to use them remotely. What else have you seen in the current climate with your customers, what, what does the new normal look like? Well, some of the things that we saw really quickly is that suddenly um, organisations really needed to mobilise and mobilise quickly. And, you know, we had, um, we had some organisations that were just rolling out hundreds of laptops really, really quickly. And so the level of oversight that went into that probably wasn't as good as usual. And then suddenly you've got all these people accessing um, corporate to, corporate infrastructure remotely, and customers are, are really grappling with 
okay, so what does that mean? What does it mean from a licensing perspective? How are we going to um, maintain our hardware? We were supposed to have that Windows 7 to Windows 10 migration. When's that going to happen? What does that mean for our support costs? Um, so it's raised a lot of questions and we're encouraging clients to just, you know, step back and 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 think about it at, at the bigger picture. But also, you know, let's have a look at, okay, people have been accessing things remotely. Are you set up for that? What are the risks that you've introduced into your environment? We've also had um, issues where depending on how people are logging into the environment, they may no longer, their devices may no longer be checking in with certain key systems. So that might be the IT asset management system, but it could equally be SSEM. Um, And what that might mean is that they're not getting patched. So one of the other issues that we've really seen is the security concerns. We've had, we've seen a number of security breaches, which has been uh, scary um, and has occupied a lot of people's time and resources to try and combat that. And so we have been working more and more closely with our clients, not just from an ITS management perspective, but from a security perspective. So taking into account AirTrack, for instance, what we've been doing is working with our clients to understand what devices have fallen out of which systems. So as they've deployed uh, security systems, threat detection and antivirus, are those security protections across all of those devices? Where are the vulnerabilities? Which devices haven't been reporting in and can we understand why? Is there anything that we can do to help to remediate that? Because if they're not reporting in, if they're not getting patches from SSCM, what other vulnerabilities are there? And so one of the things that I like to say when we're talking about IT asset management, but it's equally true across all of IT, is we don't want any surprises. No surprises. How do we deliver that? Let's identify the risks, even if they're you know, unpleasant, if we know about them and we've spoken about them, we've got a better opportunity to remediate them. Absolutely. And can I can I ask you about the commercial um, elements behind TMG? Because you're a business just like every other business and you've got, uh, you know, existing customers and you're looking to win new customers. When COVID um hit us in March, February, March. How did the commercial side of things change for TMG? Presumably you had a pipeline of customers that you were engaging with that you wanted to onboard. Did that disappear? Did Has it continued? Are people still investing in ITAM and are they still investing in the same sort of things? Could you explain how things might have changed there for TMG? So anecdotally, when I've spoken to other people in the industry, they've all contracted. Um, TMG hasn't followed that pattern at all. So you're right. Once COVID hit, there was a moment of pause. But surprisingly enough, our customers and the new customers we've brought on have either increased um, what they're, they're wanting to do all maintained a similar program. So we have been very busy um, and we're doing more. So, and this goes to the point that we talked about earlier about how do we use the information that we have to affect business change? So when we had the client that was impacted by a security threat, 
we reached out to them and said, how can we help? We've got this information. Will that be of assistance to you? Yes, absolutely. Let's work together, right? When we identified other risks within other organisations, once again, we've proactively gone out to them and said, this is what we can do. This is what we've seen. We can hand that over to you, but if you need our assistance, please, you know, um, let us know. And, you know, and I lo- I'm loath to say trusted advisor, but we are and have become the trusted advisor in our clients. And we're very careful about how we use that. We want to ensure that any advice that we're giving, any assistance that we're providing is going to be of value to the client. And so we, we haven't been terribly impacted by this, this pandemic um, at this time. But we are very conscious that our clients, a number of our clients have been, um, and so we're looking to support them. Why do you? Why are you loathed to use the term trusted advisor? Um, it acts back to my being with um, Gartner. Um, I, I, I used to work with Gartner, and it was a great opportunity for me. But the term trusted advisor was something that we used quite a lot, and then I noticed everyone in the industry everyone in any IT industry was using it. Um, so I don't want people to say it, to think that I'm using it in a gimmicky way. Um, but what I've seen is that when, when we've got something to say, our clients will listen and they'll take it on board. And one of the things that my clients have said that they really like is that they'll ask us for something and we won't say, yep, sure, we can do that. We will actually come back and say, this may not be the, the wisest choice. Yeah. What you might want to consider is going down this path. Um, and we'll give the reasons of why that might be. And, or we might actually say, look, perhaps you might want to hold off on that and wait until this happens or whatever that might be. But we will often challenge our customers if, um, and not always do exactly what we're asked to do. We'll do what we've committed to do, but we will often come back and say this may give some advice based on our experience um, in in what might be the better better way forward. When I used to do consulting, um, sometimes as well as trusted advisor, the word um, critical friend used to come out as well. You know, you need to be able to. Okay, stand- I haven't heard that one. I like that one. You need to be able to to stand up to your friend and say, look, this is not the right thing for you. Um, you mentioned Gartner. Um, and you're currently doing the symposium. Um, how's that going? Um, and what's the sort of messages we're getting from Gartner at the moment? Um, it actually reminds me very much of the uh, recession that we had back in uh, 2009 or what I, I think it was, thereabouts. So I was with Gartner at that time and the symposium that we had then was really around uh cost cutting, cost recovery, um, you know, how to reframe IT, how to, you know, really kind of throw out the boilerplate and start afresh to, to really, you know, reach those savings that you're after. And this symposium reminds me a lot of that because, again, we're dealing with a crisis. Um, IT has to reinvent themselves. They have to be a leader. It's not about shaving 5% off the budget. It's about thinking how you can do things smarter and that might take a holistic view as opposed to you know shaving a little bit from here and there 
Absolutely. And and going back to we were the Art Time Review was founded in 2008. And going back to that time, um, ITAM, yeah, and going back to what you said about TMG commercially, ITAM does well in bad times because we have real value to add um, in terms of going back to basics and helping people out with, you know, cost cutting and visibility of what they have so they can restructure and so on and so forth. So um, I think I think you're you're well positioned. Absolutely. Um, so you've spoken about the fact that you had a pause in commercial, uh, you know, contact with customers while the COVID hit and then businesses resumed. Have the motivations for people buying into ITAM changed since then? How has the landscape changed from your perspective? I don't know that it's changed overly. Um, the clients that are looking at investing in ITAM are still doing it for for much of the same reasons. And really what we're finding is that we're seeing a lot more software audits and any client that has experienced one or two or three of those is really starting to raise quite, uh, the, the CIO is really starting to ask questions about why do we, I keep getting, why do, why do I keep getting hit with these big bills and what can we do to stop it? So um, I am seeing, you know, you, you've got your typical software vendors that audit, you know, your IBMs, your Microsoft, Adobe, Oracle, SAP, VMware, but we're seeing some of the smaller vendors audit a lot more now. And so some clients will look at managing a, a set of strategic publishers, but what we're seeing is that set is actually growing and it's starting to include more software as a service. It's starting to include some of the smaller vendors, but that have a, a reasonable impact for that organisation. So both for clients that are looking at investing more and for those that are starting up um, their ITAM programs, it really does, a lot of the times it comes down to risk avoidance as opposed to some kind of reward from IT asset management. The raw awards are, are a benefit, um, but generally what we see is the motivator is the avoidance of risk. And during my session um, at the uh, APAC conference, um, I'll be covering a sort of a risk awareness of what vendors are currently auditing, who's nice auditors, who's not so nice auditors, and so on and so forth. And we'll be polling the audience live in terms of who's auditing and what experiences they've had. So if that's of interest, please come and join the APAC conference for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, final question for you, Sandy, and, and this is somewhat deep and meaningful, but I'd, I'd love to get your perspective. So if you go back to when you started in your career, going back to your Gartner days, or maybe when you started with TMG, what advice would you give yourself? That's a really interesting one. Um, I think the best advice that I would give either myself or anyone else is really understand what motivates you. So my my son, my 13-year-old son has asked me a couple of times over the last weekend, you know, oh, does this job earn a lot of money? You know, if I'm a journalist, will I earn a lot of money? Will I, if I do this, will I earn a lot of money? And I've tried to say to him, it doesn't matter how much you earn because if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you're not going to enjoy life. I mean, you spend 40 plus hours at work per week. 
So do something that you're going to enjoy. Find what motivates you. And understanding that, understanding that about yourself is what's going to help you find your, your niche. And that is going to be different for every person. For me personally, it's less about money. It's more about the people that I work with. And in my role, that's both from a customer perspective and from a colleague perspective, I have really close friendships with the people that I work with and I love working with them. Um, I love my clients and that makes going to work each day really easy for me. My colleagues are really passionate, just like me, about what we do. And again, that makes things really easy for me. The thing that frustrates me the most is somebody that needs external motivation. If I need to push them to do something, um, that's really hard going and it makes going to work really difficult and I don't have that right now. I have passionate people who are looking to innovate all the time. So they're always asking themselves, how can I do this better? Or I've got this idea. What do you think about this? I've identified this problem um, in, you know, two clients. What, how can we fix it? You know, they want to find solutions and that's, that's just inspiring for everyone. Awesome. So, so before we started recording, Sandy, we, we, I was describing the US conference that we did and described the fact that there was actually a little bit of a buzz about the place and we got some really good feedback from the platform. Uh, hopefully we can emulate that for the Asia Pack conference. We really love coming down to Australia to deliver the conference and can't wait to come back in person. We can't do that right now, but we can do it online and we can get people together and we look forward to doing that. And, and thank you for your support uh, of you and TMG on, on helping us pull, pull all that together. Thank you for coming to Australia. We really love having you. Great. Well, thank you very much. for your Great talking to you, Sandy. Look forward to working with you at the conference. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining the podcast. Okay. Thanks, Martin. <laughs>